What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Indie Bleeds Blue. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've talked to you guys. Um, on today's episode, I'm going to go through the remainder of the season for the Colts, how that turned out, uh, my thoughts on the season as a whole. Obviously, we'll get to the Twitter questions, and I'll also get into a little bit of Super Bowl predictions for the game later on tonight for you guys. Hopefully, uh, you're able to listen in before the game, and who knows, maybe some of the uh, bets I give out might hit for you guys if you decide to follow along. So to start off, the final five weeks for the Colts, it was a bit up and down. There were a couple good games. There were a couple really bad games. Um, we got a good, healthy mix of that. So the first of the five, we traveled to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, lost by 20 points, a 34 to 14 loss. We seemed to just never get the ball rolling in that game. Uh, Jake Browning played his lights out. Uh, obviously, as Colts fans, we know this was the year of the backup quarterback, and a lot of these backup quarterbacks probably could get a starting job somewhere. Um, but we failed to beat the Bengals when they were at probably their weakest. The following week, we returned home with a bounce-back victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first win against Pittsburgh in a very long time, which, as a Colts fan, I love seeing because it's been so long since we've been able to beat these guys that to finally get that monkey off our back and finally achieve victory over a team that's had our number for so long was just satisfying to see. And to see how our guys showed up, Pierce, Pitt, and even though he ended up leaving that game early, I'm glad he ended up not being as hurt as it would have seemed. But overall, it was a pretty good game. Um, ended up getting a blocked punt that we returned for a touchdown. Or no, that was a game we got a punt, uh, blocked punt return on a touchdown for us. Yeah, the start of the game wasn't very good, but we ended up getting it together and pulling through and getting the win. Then on Christmas Eve, we traveled to Atlanta to face the Falcons. And again, just like the Cincinnati game, it was not a good game for us. We had nothing going for us at all. Never seemed to get the offense going and could not stop B. John Robinson to save our life. Um, definitely a game that was worth forgetting over a Christmas Eve Christmas party. <laughs> I certainly did that. But after that, we returned home with playoff chances still sitting right there. We faced the Las Vegas Raiders at home in a very close game. 
this game was a lot closer than I thought it would have been on paper. But the Colts pulled out the 23-20 to victory at home, setting up an all-important winner-gets-a-playoff-spot game against the division rival Houston Texans. Now, if any of you listening were part of the primetime preview live stream that I was on with Brett Howard of Only Bruins and Bobby Bruski, also featured on Only Bruins. Shout out to those guys. Those guys are awesome. Um, you definitely got to see the full fan in me come out on that live stream. I was jumping up and down and cheering when shit was going good. I was down in the dumps when stuff wasn't going our way. But unfortunately for the Colts, they go on to lose that game 23-19, to giving the Texans a guaranteed playoff spot, which with the Jaguars losing the following night, gave them the division as well. And that is probably the most disappointing part about that game is knowing that we could have returned to the AFC South crown. Um, just disappointing and wishing we could have seen what this season would have been with Anthony Richardson fully healthy. Um, if I'm going to give my thoughts on the season as a whole, I, I'd still be willing to call it a good season. I mean, if you were to tell me that our stud rookie quarterback would go down with an injury and be out the rest of the season five weeks in, if you would have told me that we would have finished with a 9-8 and record and the final game was played with playoff implications, I would have said you were crazy. And that's not taking anything from Gardner Minshew. We'll get to him in one of the Twitter questions later. He played phenomenal. He is, he's got to be one of the best backups in this league. He put the team on his back and really held it together and won us some games that, you know, had we had any other backup quarterback, I don't believe we would have won, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, Gardner's just that good. And, you know, we we got Jonathan Taylor locked up long-term. We do have a bunch of free agents that could be potentially leaving this team that I would love to keep around because they are phenomenal pieces on this team and would definitely hate to lose them, but would hate even more to be playing against some of them. Um, If I were to give it a letter grade, like we're back in school, I would say I'd give this season a B plus, and that's just because of all that we've had to deal with. I absolutely think that 
we have a great selection at head coach in Shane Steichen. He was probably one of the best case scenarios that happened this offseason. Just the way he was able to adjust from having Anthony Richardson, a super athlete, agile quarterback, to, you know, more of a traditional pocket passer. Minshew could get out and run a little bit, but he didn't do it as much as Anthony Richardson would have. Um, just the way he was able to adjust the staff that he put together on this team, I think everything came together and I'm absolutely looking forward to what's coming next year in this season. But I mentioned earlier about impending free agents. Uh, <laughs> the list is long. There's some guys that I feel like we could do without specifically a couple that were suspended midway through the season. But I mean, if looking at this list, Grover Stewart, absolutely got to get him back. Same with Kenny Moore. Uh, Pittman, absolutely a yes. Uh, Minshew, another one. Even Sagan Ulubi, who filled in greatly whenever we needed a linebacker to step up for even the slightest injury. He played pretty damn good. Um, but a name that I, another name I'd like to see back on this team that I don't know if Colts fans have just forgotten about or if they just forgot he was hurt, but Danny Pinter. The kid's good. I think he definitely deserves a spot on this team, but I want to see him back. I want to see him, you know, be in competition in training camp and fight for a spot because I believe he can win one. Um, so that's another guy that I would love back on this team, as well as Julian Blackman to sure up that defensive backfield. But moving on, I will get into the Twitter questions that I got earlier this week. The first one comes from Nick Melanson of the Something's Brewing podcast. Another good member, great member of Primetime Productions. He asks, well, first I'll give you Twitter names. You can find him at Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore and his podcast at Bruin something, something without the G in the end asks, I need to hear who you think the Colts are looking at heading into the draft. Now I've seen a bunch of different takes, a lot of different mock drafts. Now, I'll go ahead and get out of the way. I'm not going to say Marvin Harrison Jr. I really wish that could be a possibility, given that his dad played here. And he has a potential to be better than his father. But I just don't see a scenario where that's realistic unless some teams are super focused on any other 
position other than wide receiver, even though they may need a wide receiver, we're sitting at 15. I don't see a logical scenario where he falls to us. And I think it would be way too expensive to try to trade up and grab him. So the guy on the top of my list that I can think of, I haven't really put together a full list of who I would want to target in the draft, but the name on the top of my my mind um, to shore up this defensive backfield would be Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama. The kid's great. He flies around the field. He can make open field tackles seemingly at will from the games that I have watched of Alabama's. Um, I think he could be a stud in this cornerback room and could elevate the defense even more than it already is. It's already a great defense, but he'll be able to push it even farther. Um, I keep seeing the name Brock Bowers. I, I wouldn't mind that, but my only hesitation that comes with that is we already have a pretty full tight end room, and I just don't know who we would have to get rid of who would be maybe like left low on the depth chart if we would start Brock low on the depth chart. I'm just not sure how that would work. So if I had to give one name to use that first round pick on, I would definitely go Kool-Aid McKinstry. The next question comes in from Marty the Meat Man who runs the cross-court coverage podcast, an NBA Celtics-focused podcast on Primetime Productions. You can follow him at TheMeatMan253 and his podcast at NBA Crosscourt. He asks, re-sign Gardner or let him walk? He's one of the league's best backups and played a huge part in keeping the team afloat while Richardson was out. And that's a statement and question that I couldn't agree with more. I think just for the mentorship alone, you re-signed Minshew to a contract. I mean, I think it came out even before the draft, before he was even officially told that um, Minshew and Richardson in the offseason were working out together before – I think I think probably before either of them knew they were going to be a Colt. Uh, we saw it during the season, Richardson being a sling, but still would be over Gardner Minshew's shoulder, learning and absorbing everything he could, all the knowledge that he can gain from the sidelines without being in the game, but already knowing the game speed. I think that's going to help him a lot if Gardner stays here I wouldn't blame him if he took money, if someone threw starting quarterback money at him. I think he's deserved it by the way he played this year. I mean, he had over 3,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I mean, it's just as a backup, that's even better than some of the last couple guys that we've had on this team. And to have that, to have someone that, knows the game as well as he does on the sideline, coaching up a coming up soon to be 22 year old quarterback. 
I think is just going to do wonders for his career and help elevate his play on this team. So I definitely would like to re-sign Minshew. I'm hoping it's more of a possibility than not. And hopefully we can get him on contract for a couple years at, at minimum. But I would hate to see him walk away, but I would understand it if, uh, especially like I said, if he got starter money. But I don't know how many teams are going to be looking at free agency for quarterbacks. That probably only happens if they miss out on any of these top quarterbacks that are in the draft, which all the quarterback needy teams are at the top. So I don't think many are going to miss out. So I've got a good feeling that we'll we'll be able to keep him long-term. So thanks, Marty, for that question. Our next one comes in from Tommy Bennett, phenomenal writer at Primetime Productions. He's at Twitter, at TJBennett37. And on another note about Tommy, him and Poolside Pat of the College Football Podcast have put together a Primetime Bets account. It's a YouTube channel, or it's a Twitter, it's a Twitter account and YouTube channel where they stream daily, 15, 20 minutes a day, always with a guest, Brett Howard on the ones and twos, also giving his picks. Um, it's just a, a gambling account, gambling stream. It's always fun. Uh, not to toot my own horn, I am currently undefeated on my picks that I've given on that show. I am the Monday guy for primetime bets. Um, it's it's a great show. You're you're gonna want if you're a gambler like me, you're gonna want to follow and watch these streams because not only are they entertaining, but they're also informative. All these guys that come on the show know their stuff. They know what they're talking about and. Who knows? Maybe we can help win you guys some money. But Tommy asks, what happens with Pittman? Super talented receiver thinks he get. I got to think he gets locked up. And it's got to be locked up with us, hopefully. I do not want to lose him. And I'm not just saying that just because I got a jersey of his for Christmas. He's just a young talent in this league that has already shown that he can be great in this league and could even get better in this league. So that's another piece along with Gardner that I would hate to lose. I don't have like a number off the top of my head on what I think he gets in a contract, but I do think that we really push and make an effort to get him on this team long-term and keep him here for a good chunk of his career because I feel like he could be that T.Y. Hilton type, that reliable wide receiver that can get you big yards every game, make big catches. I mean, we saw it this year with that Baltimore Ravens game. <laughs> He took a shot going up for a pass to extend overtime, extend our drive, and lead us into that game-winning field goal. Um, 
the catch, the potential catch against Pittsburgh, he took that shot, and I'm glad he did not get hurt, like as badly as it looked like he would have. But super long arms, he can his his catch radius is huge. You put it anywhere near him, and he's gonna grab it. Um, so yeah, I. I would absolutely say Pittman is the number one priority this offseason. If I had to give priority to our free agents, I would say Pittman's number one. Stewart and Kenny Moore are, I would say, 2A and 2B. And then I would put Gardner at three. Not putting him, like, too low. But the other guys ahead of him, I really think, should be a priority to get signed on this team. And also, another note on Tommy's tweet, I want to put out the betting account. You can find that account at PTP Bets on Twitter and his colleague on PTP Bets at PoolsidePat1. And Brett Howard at at Brett Howard underscore. So follow those guys on Twitter. Follow that betting account. You'll have a great time with it. And the final question I have comes in from Chris Davis of the Chop the Mitts podcast. And I'm already chuckling at this one. <laughs> Chris, you got me good with this one. He asked, Joseph Adai still RB1 next year? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about RB1. I think we got it pretty good with Jonathan Taylor, but who knows? I don't know what Adai is up to this year, but I think he could probably get a couple quality yards. I think he's still capable of that. <laughs> but you can follow Chris at Chris Davis 11, his podcast at Drop the Mitts Hockey, or at Drop Mitts Hockey, and also follow his new venture that he's going into if anyone like me is a huge hockey fan. They recently created a women's hockey league, the PWHL, and I'm telling you right now, if you haven't checked out any of the games, they are fun. All these players are super talented. It's you get an NHL feel with every single game. They're just that good. And, you know, it's always good to support women in sports, especially these supreme athletes that are giving us great entertaining games to watch. I mean, I don't think there's been a blowout yet this year that I can think of off the top of my head, but all these games are super entertaining to watch. Like I'm hooked from start to finish on all these games. Uh, you can follow his new podcast on that and keep up with the league at PWHL zone on Twitter. Thanks for all those questions, guys. Uh, hoping to get more in the future and future podcasts. But moving on, sort of to start wrapping this up, 
by the time you're listening to this, you're either on your way to a Super Bowl party, maybe you're just getting prepped, getting supplies for a Super Bowl party, or just wanting to listen to all the information you can about the big game coming up. I've got some Super Bowl predictions for you. For you. And I'll use what I gave the guys on the PTP bed stream. So if you go back and watch, you'll be able to find it. I believe this is going to be a high-scoring game. Both offenses are very good at pushing the ball down the field. I think, I don't know if it's going to be an overtime game, but I do think that it's going to be wire to wire. It's going to be one of those close finishes. I think every team, each team will probably score on almost every possession they get. Um, I guess if I want to jump into the betting side, I have McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, and Travis Kelsey all to score in this Super Bowl. I don't know what the numbers are at now, but at the time that I wrote it down, I've got Purdy and Mahomes to throw over their totally their passing yard numbers, which I have Purdy at 248 and a half and Mahomes at 261 and a half. I believe, again, I don't know if both will reach 300 yards. That would be incredible. That would make for an amazing game. But I do see this being a high-scoring game. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because of most of NFL being tired of Taylor Swift. I I don't really care about it anymore. They're in a relationship. Just let them be happy. Don't show them on TV as much, but that's not something they're controlling. Uh, all in all, I do believe that the 49ers have what it takes to win this game. And I I see them winning this game and a close one, I think it'll be, I want to say maybe three points at most. I don't think it's going to be a huge margin of victory, but I do see them getting a win. It'll be close, though. It'll be a good game. I'm going to be definitely excited for uh, Usher's halftime show. That's going to bring out the... Uh, 90s and 2000s kid in me, born in 96, so I kind of grew up on a little bit of Usher. But I think it's going to be a good game. I think we're in for a good one this year. I think it'll be one of the top Super Bowls in recent memory in terms of how entertaining the game was. And You know, it's the Super Bowl. You never want to see a blowout for either side unless, obviously, you're a fan of the team doing the blowout. But everyone wants to see an entertaining game, and I do think that that's what we're going to get with this one tonight.
Um, to wrap up going forward, I this off season. I know usually the beginning of the off season it's kind of slow. There's not really much news to talk about NFL wide or even team specific, but I'm going to try to record and put out episodes at minimum every other week. I can, uh, I'm going to do my best to, you know, get enough talking points to possibly put out an episode every week, but I'm, I, I am going to try to shoot for every other week at minimum, just so I can get content out to you guys. But I want to thank you all for listening in. This has been fun. And I can't wait to see you guys in the next one. And make sure you all go to Primetime Productions, any sport you like, football, basketball, hockey, whatever. They've got it. They've got phenomenal articles. Everyone out there is super talented. And I'm happy to be a part of this team. So check out Primetime Productions. And until then... I'll see you next time.